welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church. Um, I've been asked uh, to give my testimony. And uh, I just wanted to uh, briefly explain what a what a testimony is. Um, some of you who are who are new to this wouldn't quite fully understand. And I will just give you um, two of there's there's more than than that explanations of why we give a testimony. And uh, for the purpose of this, I will I will say that one is to to lift up Christians when they hear our stories and how Christ came to find us and to explain to those who have never found Christ, who have never been found by Christ. Well, they have, but they don't know it. But to those people, for them to understand that we are just people, the same as yourselves. We are, we are, we are the same. We, we go through things that you go through, but at some stage God has broken through in our lives and he has rescued us. Um, he has saved us. We, 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 you will hear words like we have been saved. You will hear words like Jesus came into my heart. Jesus set me free. And what it, what it means is we've been separated now. We are set apart as Christians to a new life and to a, a hope of salvation, a, a resurrection even where we where we, we will be glorified and, and we will all get new bodies. So it's a, it's a, it's a wide encompassing thing. It's not just for the, this earth, it's for the, the, our lives to come and the eternity with God. So I just wanted to explain to you from the Bible what it means to be saved and what the Bible says you need to do to be saved. It says in Romans 10 verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as easy as that. Although in that, it means that there should be a true belief within you that Christ is who he says he is and that he rose from the dead. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, is what it says in the Bible. So it's, it's not some ceremony you need to go through, some, some ritual, some long-winded thing. It is, it is a real confession to a God that you acknowledge that he exists and you confess it with your mouth. So my testimony, um, it goes back a good bit to when I was about 10 years old. I, I'm not like other Christians who will tell you exactly to the day and the minute when they received Christ. Um, I can't remember that fully, but I was around 10 years old and uh, I had grown up in a, in a home where I had heard about about God, I'd heard about the devil, I'd heard um, the goodness of God, and that He created us, and I had always believed. I'd never, I never um, went through a stage where I thought, "Oh, is that real or isn't it?" No, for me, it it was it was something real. So that when I went to church and we told the pastor there that I wanted to give my life to Jesus. And I went through the, um, the, 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 the process of, of confessing with my mouth that he is Lord and becoming saved. It, it, was, it was just acknowledging what I already felt, but it was a public confession. I was, so I was soon baptized after that. There was a baptismal pool in that church in, in the front. Um, I had prayer directly afterwards for the receiving the Holy Spirit and um, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit and, and the power of it that will give us power to overcome things in this world. And uh, I can remember that vividly. I was so excited, so happy, overjoyed. And um, after that, we, we carried on with our lives and uh, we... I wouldn't say we went to church often. We we went, um, not often, but we, we, we did go. And uh, I continued in that. And 
I suppose I didn't have a good understanding of a, the life of a Christian. I was very young, and uh, everybody around me um, was enjoying life. We lived in, a, in, in Africa. Um, we lived in a place where everybody was partying. It was a very hedonistic society, very hedonistic culture. Even if you didn't have a lot of money, um, things um, for that were cheap. Meat was cheap. Alcohol was cheap. And so everybody around just lived that way. And I grew up in that, and I, I basically didn't see anything wrong with it. I had a, a, a skewed perception of, of, of right and wrong, I suppose. And uh, so I started drinking from a very young age. I can remember as, as soon as I got an opportunity and, and the drinks cabinet was, was accessible, I would go in and have a drink, and uh, I, would, I would often get drunk, even from, from the age of 12. I can remember um, we left that country to move to another country in southern Africa. And I can remember traveling on the train with my brother who was then, I, I was about 12, he was about 18. And I can remember the two of us getting very drunk on that train. And, uh, and then after that, going and living in South Africa w with uh, a family. I'd, I'd been separated from my parents and my family at that stage. And uh, I can remember being very unhappy, and uh, any opportunity I got, I would, I would have a drink. And uh, that carried on for into my teenage years, where I, drinking became a, a big part of my life. Um, I didn't, again, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. I didn't, I didn't see the damage it was doing, the way it was making me very dependent on it. I couldn't... Uh, um, handle relationships or even conversations with people without the alcohol uh, giving me the confidence to to speak and make and joke and 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 the like and um, even uh, in in Africa after that uh, for, through school I was drinking after school I, I started working the bars became very much a way of life um, just as I said, a very hedonistic lifestyle. Um, anyway, at, at some point during this time, I, I met my, my wife-to-be, and uh, she moved in with me, and uh, we, we settled down. We, we had a child. Um, we um, continued in that lifestyle. She would also drink. We, we, we would party a lot, and uh, it, those years are just like a blur now when, when I look back and um, long story short we ended up at some stage deciding we would move to Ireland um, we, we came over and I, I got a job in, in, in the west of Ireland in West Cork and uh, I, my drinking continued um, I was drinking excessively in the bars uh, the type of drinker who, who would go into a bar early and be the last one to leave and uh, that that was just the lifestyle I was leading and um, it it got to a point where my wife had kind of slowed down and given up stopped drinking as th that much but I was still going on and we had become very incompatible we were fighting a lot and it led me to to actually leave home and uh, I went and, and lived in, a, in another house in, in the same town and uh, carried on with, with the drinking and the going to work with a headache and, and, and a hangover and just accepting that that's what I was doing. And at some stage during that, it just started to feel really empty. I started to feel, what is this for? What am I doing? Um, I'm waking up every, almost every day feeling sick. Uh, my money was all gone. And uh, I, I just, it just felt fruitless and pointless. So I started to, to maybe even subconsciously call out to God and uh, to say, God, this is not right. And things were going wrong. Everything was, seemed to be falling apart, although it didn't show that much on the outside. Uh, I could feel it on the inside. 
And at one stage, I just got on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, please, I can't take much more of this. I don't know, I don't know where this is heading, but it's going to all boil out at some stage. And from that time, things, things started to change. I could feel a change. I was starting to, to read my Bible again. I was starting to, to look at um, things on TV, on Christian TV. And I found that if I asked God a question... It was almost like I could change the channel and the person that was speaking on that Christian channel would answer me. And, I, and I, it made me sit up. I was like, wow, okay. And that continued. And I, and I, and I was watching um, creation TV where I was learning that actually the world was created by God. There's, there's science. There's real science there. These were scientists coming up and explaining that evolution was a theory, but it was a myth, and that creation was real, and it was it was really breaking through to me. And uh, I, I, I was really um, getting excited about this. I was putting on worship music and standing in my front room on my own and worshiping God. And uh, but the, the the pub hadn't stopped. I just thought I could cut down a bit, and I could still go to the pub. But unfortunately, I would, I would go and I would get the fact that I was happier, then I would end up drinking more. So I found that uh, the next day I'd be looking back at the night before, thinking, oh boy, I was arguing with everybody about God in the pub last night. And uh, that's not a good, not a good uh, witness for, for what he has done for me. So I got to the point where I said, God, that's it, I need to... I need to put this behind me. And he, he took it away from me, that desire to be in the pub, to be um, pleasing to, to people that I thought were, as they were more acquaintances than friends, but you don't know that at the time. And uh, I, just, I just felt a lifting. And uh, I, at that time, I, I, I stopped going to the pub. I, I I felt a great burden lifted, and I started losing my ambition for the things of this world. I had always thought there's something else for me. There's someone else. There's something I'm, I'm not seeing, but I'm going to find it at some stage. And then I suddenly realized I have all that. I have the life that God has given me, and I lost ambition for, for, the, for the things of this world. And uh, I ended up moving back home. Um, which, which was a, a great joy to me because I can remember dropping my son off after school, dropping him to the house, going in, having a coffee and driving away and feeling empty. And this was coming home and it was, it was just a great burden lifted from me. The fact that I could, um, that God had broken through to me showed me just how real he is. I've always felt that he's real, but this was something else. It was like, let me show you the science. Let me show you that I can speak to you directly. And it, it was a great burden lifted. Um, I hope that, uh, that if you are watching this, that if you watch this service and you listen to the testimonies, that God will speak to you, that you will feel that, that you will understand that this is real. This is more real than the things you see around you. This is reality. God is real, and he wants to change your life. And um, I just heard something on the radio the other day, and I, and I just thought I'd say this, because if you, if you do give your life to Christ and you feel that this huge something must happen, you must understand that it, uh, it can happen that way where you feel a, a great change, but most of the time you will still, as Pastor Nick would say, you're still looking at the same face in the mirror the next morning. But I heard something on the, on the radio uh, the, the other day where some, a man was saying that um, in the Bible, uh, they compare lep leprosy to sin. And, and if the people that had leprosy, they were never cured of leprosy. The Bible always says they were cleansed of leprosy. So... It's the same for us when we give our lives to Christ. We are cleansed of sin. It's not imputed to us anymore. 
we will be cured of sin when, when we leave this body and we get our new body. But understand that there is, there is a cleansing. It's, it's not a curing. So you will still have that nature, that, that, that need from the flesh that will, that will make you sin. And another thing I forgot, also what God showed me, and you'll hear it very much preached from this church, he, he showed me um, the grace gospel. There was a particular person that I watched on TV before I even came to this church, and um, I heard the grace gospel for the first time, and how much, it's liber- how much it liberates you and sets you free. And when I first heard it, I couldn't quite accept it because it sounded too good to be true and it took it took a while but as soon as that sank into my heart it gave me great liberty and and uh, made me able for 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 this journey and i just pray now that uh, anybody listening to this to this whole service will think think on these things and uh, make a decision that will change the rest of your lives thank you Guys, we're just about to introduce you to our next person, uh, Nikita Cambridge, a wonderful person. I think she's got the most infectious laughter, the greatest smile, I think, in Cork Church. And, and just, to, just to acknowledge the great work that the Lord has been doing through her, particularly during the, rock, the, the lockdown period, she was our TikTok queen, dominated. And Sister Nikita, come and tell us what the Lord has done for you. God bless you, sister. Can, can you just give us some fire emojis, please, church? God bless you, Anita. Hey church, it is so good to be here with you guys today and to be able to stand here and to um, share what Jesus has done in my life and what he's doing right now. And so, yeah, so I'm a bit nervous, but you regret. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so I'm Nikita for people that don't know me. I am 26 years of age and I serve here in the youth ministry and the kids at the moment and it's such a blessing in my own life to be able to come and to serve you know um and so I suppose I never I I didn't grow up as a kid in church at all you know I'm I have a wonderful family you know my parents they've always done what they could for us even though they had their own trials and their own struggles in life you know they always loved and cared and always gave what they could for us you know so I'm really grateful for that you know and um as a kid, I suppose, you know, I grew up with a condition called cerebral palsy. And so as a kid, you know, I'm so blessed that I'm able to, like, you know, do a lot, you know, very mobile and stuff like that, you know. But as a kid, I had these struggles in my life. And because I had these struggles, I was really, like, uncomfortable in my own skin. And I just really didn't like who I was as from starting from a young age, you know. And um I remember just always comparing myself, even as a kid, just comparing who I was and things like that. And it really just really changed the view of how I looked at myself, you know. And so I remember even being young, though. And I know it's the hand of God in my life at that age. I do know that now. But back then, I always knew that there was something greater. There was always something that... In a weird, funny way, I just knew that I didn't belong to this world, that I always, there was something higher than me, and I always, I, I never felt complete, you know, even at the age of like 10 or something like that. And I remember doing life or whatever, and I remember a few years later, um, my dad, he got sober, and I remember a, a while after that, he um, got saved, and so he... God was doing such a work in his life, you know, and at that age, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that, well, my dad has changed and it's amazing. And at that age, I really did not not know that it was God at that time. And a few, I'm not sure how long after, but he brought us to Donnybrook Church, which is this church, um, 12 years ago. And it was around in the old building. And I remember walking in and I remember... Even though I did not know what it was, we were Catholic. And to be honest, I didn't know that there was other religions around me at that time. I just thought, I didn't really know. And so I didn't know what I was expecting. But I knew when I walked in the door that I felt at home. And I felt, I was just, I just felt the peace. 
did not know it was the peace of God at that time. And I remember just looking around and I remember seeing girls, my, I was 14 at this age, so I was seeing girls my age. I remember seeing like Laura and like Michelle and Gosha and a lot of other girls. And I remember looking at them and like seeing, wow, they're so happy and they're so full of joy. And I really wanted that. And I remember, you know, leaving that day full of hope, even though I didn't give my life to the Lord then, but I knew that this, I felt at home there and I knew that that was the start of what was now about to happen, you know, and so I left that day feeling with such a hope in my heart and um, so yeah, I remember, you know, so that was when I was 14 and so I still had four years left of school, we actually, in between then we moved a few times, we went to Clarny for a few years but I was always, you know, trying to come up to church as much as I could and stuff and I suppose around those few years i you know, I was a Christian and things like that, but I didn't really take it, um, you know, I was a teenager, I suppose. And so when, at the age of 18, I was doing my leaving, sir, and I remember just certain things God was putting in my heart. And I remember I just got the desire to know God more and I wanted to be able, I wanted to serve him more, you know. And so I decided um, after school, I was going to go into ISOM, the Bible school that I was here for the year to just serve to get like you know and to you know um get to know God more for myself because at that time I didn't really know a lot and I remember it was a good year I remember there was a lot of bible studies with Patrick and I remember just fighting all the time like I just I was like I was fighting the thought of how God I really just had a view of myself that was just, I was full of shame, full of hurt. I was just, I just didn't really like myself. So I was always debating how God could use someone like me. And for a long time, I used to even get angry at people when they were like, you know, God loves you. And you trying to, and I used to get really angry. I was like, I just had such a deep, it was deep in me at that time. And that year it was great, you know, got to know the church a lot more. I started serving in youth ministry at that time. And yeah, you know, those few years has been really, really good, you know. Um, I suppose those years brought, because of myself and how I see myself, um, you know, it brought a lot of, um, I suppose, fear in my life. I'm, a I'm afraid all the time. Um, I brought a lot of, I, you know, I went through a while of depression, you know, it comes and it goes, you know, but like God is always greater than how I feel about myself. He's always greater. He always, you know, you have one bad week, but you have a great week. He, he's carrying me all the time. And, you know, I'm really blessed by that. But there's this specific, um, I said that word wrong. <laughs> so, um, sorry. <laughs> it was the start of the lockdown. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, lockdown, a year and a half ago. I remember I could not sit on my own for one day. I could think and overthink and overthink to a point where I had to be busy all the time. I had to be meeting people all the time, you know. I, it, was, it was good too, you know, um, but I just couldn't sit in my presence. I just, that's how much I just really didn't, I suppose. Anyway, and so I remember these two weeks of lockdown. I was like, how am I going to do two weeks of lockdown? How am I going to stay in my house for two weeks? And I remember, you know, after week after week, it was just great. I started like, you know, reading a lot more, reading the Bible a lot more. And then I was reading books, like Christian, random Christian books around my house. But there was this one Christian book and the girls laughed me because I went on about it for a whole year. Okay, It's called Redeeming Love. And it's a, basically, it's a Christian book. Like it's, it's a novel, it's based on the book of Hosea. And I remember being out in my back garden and reading this book, and it's just one day, it was really sunny and stuff like that. And I remember just reading the book, and I just felt the presence of God just like coming into my life. And it was, the book was basically about the love of God and how no matter where you run or no matter what you've done in your life, like it can run out God, you know, he's going to find you, he's going to carry you, he's going to bring you. And I remember just sitting there weeping from the presence of God and it was like everything that I felt for like 10 years, just the, um, you know, the pain, the fear, the I'm not good enough, just like really lifted from me. And it was that day, which was a year and a half ago, that really changed my life. I was sitting down in my back garden there was no church, like, you know, we weren't physically in the building. And I was just reading a book and the presence of God. And he met me there and I'd just been changed, you know. And um, so, like, since that day, like, 
the view on how I see myself has changed because I don't see myself the way I see myself anymore. You know, God, re I'm God is in me, so I see myself like He sees me that I'm His. You know, and I'm never going to ever be good enough because none of us are. You know, we're just stupid sometimes and things like that. But like, thank God for He's the gospel. Thank God that He died on the cross for you and for people like you and me. You know, He's even though I debate it all the time, He's using me. He's using you, even though. We bring nothing sometimes to the table, but he's carrying us. And so, you know, that's it really. You know, he's been really good to me. He's been good to my family. He's changed my family, you know, and I'm really excited for the next few years. I'm excited for next week to see you all again. And so, yeah, that's my testimony. So I hope it bless you. Amen. Bless the Lord. Such a wonderful thought, isn't it? Um, even as Nikita was standing there, you see, it's easy for us to understand that God loves us because we've heard it so often. But he doesn't only, lo he doesn't only love us, he likes us. And I love the fact that, that, that Nikita said it, Frank said it as well. And I want you to notice that God has been planning your salvation before you even knew about it. He's been hunting you, he's been pursuing you. And later on, when you're telling people of your testimony of how you came to Jesus, you'll say, oh, now I see what he was doing there. You see, you aren't just an accident. You aren't just a, a second uh, a, a thought on his mind. He is actively pursuing you. He's actively chasing you with his love. It's time to stop <laughs> and say, come. No, ne ne next up, a fantastic brother, brother Morris Ford. God bless you, Morris. Thanks, Andy. Morning, George. Um, you may guess from my accent, I'm a, I'm a Cork man. So, um, Morris is my name. Um, I was born uh, a while back. I'm over 40, let's just put it at that. Uh, but I was born into a, born into a fantastic family. Um, I was very blessed. Uh, parents who loved me. I have two younger brothers. We had everything we needed, uh, everything we wanted, really. Um, you know, life was good, just... Uh, football, football, football. When I was a kid, so um, it was a great. It was it was fantastic. To be honest, uh, I thank God for it. And one of the things we had uh, um, was we had a little uh, holiday home near the near the, um, the the sea in Ireland, which was a blessing. And the reason I'm saying it is it, it ties into my testimony. Um, we'd go there every summer for two months. So we'd leave at the end of June and you'd leave your city friends. It's a Sunday afternoon trip. No, you go for a cup of coffee to cross Avon or Myrtleville. No, but in those days it was an adventure. We went in the end of June and we got there and we were gone for two months. We got to go, you know, so it was great. And every morning we'd leave the house, we'd get 50p. If anybody can remember the old 50p's there, 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 there with the, I think it was a bird on it, was there or something? 50p was your money for the day. That was when 50p bought you something. We were a five minute walk from the beach swimming every day, there was pitch and put, there was soccer, there was every sport on the planet, we played everything. Um, it was fantastic. But one of the things that was great about it, every August, first two weeks of August, there was a group came from, uh, they were called United Beach Missions, and they came from all over Ireland, they were from Belfast, from Derry, from Dublin, uh, Cork, there was English people there, there was everything. So it all these funny accents, strange accents to us coming, and they, they, so we'd play games, and we'd sing songs, and we'd do all this stuff. But one of the things, they were Christians, one of the things they did was they'd read, they'd get us in groups, age groups, and they, we'd read the Gospels. So we went through, by the, by the time you were 10, 11, 12, you'd read the Gospels and you had some understanding of who God was, you know, why, what was the cross about, what was Jesus about, what, what, why had he done all this, what was the relevance to it. So you had some kind of understanding of that. Um, and I can remember, I couldn't tell you the man's name, but one of the guys, one of the leaders there, uh, prayed with me when I was about 11 years old and um, I would have funny enough actually what Frank said earlier I would have always said May 1994 was when I got saved but it wasn't it would have been God has handled me long before that so I don't put a date in it anymore um, because God had his hand on me as I said so going back to that um, when I was what 10 11 12 around that age God I believe God saved me but he had his hand on me long before that, and, and whoever's there, I'm looking at church here now, but whoever's even on, 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 on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, God has his hand on you, and he, he, he wants you to be saved. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't, he's, not, he's not sitting there with a shopping list of your sins. 
You know, Jesus said that I didn't come to condemn the world. It's already condemned. You're already finished. We're already, I was finished. He came to save us. If he wanted to, if he wanted to condemn us, he could have just stayed in heaven because we were already condemned. But, but what happened was when I was uh, 11, I have this idyllic childhood. It's fantastic. It's, it's brilliant. Within two to three years, my parents have divorced. We've moved out of home. We're in a pretty bad situation. Um, but, and, and I've turned into, I won't say the worst teenager in the world, but I wasn't the best either, so I had my moments. Um, but I, I meet up with a friend of mine who was kind of, uh, so I, I'm a teenager, I've kind of put all this God stuff away. You know, this was, yeah, that's when you're a kid, it doesn't really kind of, you know, it's not really, you know, it's not what cool, it's not what cool teenagers talk about, you know. So, uh, so anyway, we're... We're, we're talking to this guy anyway, and this guy's crazy. He was the first guy to do everything, smoke cigarettes, take drugs, drink anything, whatever, right? So when you're a teenager, he's the guy you look up to because, you know, you know what I mean? We're, we're knuckleheads. Teenagers are knuckleheads, right? Uh, so uh, anyway, um, we said to this guy, I said to this guy, have you got any cigarettes? He says, oh, I don't smoke anymore. I'm going, huh, whatever, yeah. I said, yeah, 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 we going, you going to drink on Friday? No, I don't drink anymore. I'm kind of going, hang on a sec, there's something wrong here, like, you know? And so he starts telling us the story about this Jesus and this church he's going to. And like half the room kind of goes, uh, pull back. And I'm kind of going, yeah, it sounds kind of familiar, you know. So um, eventually, anyway, he invites me to go to church. Um, and I go, and it's as if, I think it was Frank said it earlier, it was as if I had all these questions. And this person spoke and answered question one. And I'm going in a sec and then this guy spoke and he answered question two and this woman spoke and answered question three and I'm going well they didn't know I had these questions and I'm going this can't there's no way they must have read my mind or something you know and they're reading they're reading scriptures they're telling me about their own personal testimonies of how God got them out of situations or whatever God had done and I'm going this this I can't deny it like this is the reality so um I I went home and the next day I prayed I said God it's it's obvious it's it's as real as that the, the the nose on my face, um, that you're real, and I need you to, to save me and change me. I didn't understand at 11 or 12 what save, change was, any of that. At 15, I had a bit of better understanding, almost 16, I had a bit of better understanding of it. I won't say I was a theological genius, I'm certainly not even today, but the reality is I knew God loved me. I knew God had come to earth to save me, and I couldn't deny it. That's the reality, you know, um, that's 25 plus years ago. It's, it's an amazing thing. I, I've, you read your Bible and, and people get into doctrinal debates and theological debates and all that. Some of them might get into, some of them might understand, some of them I don't. But what I know is God loves me. That's all I know. And, and, and if, if that's all I learn, if I'm on this earth for another 25, 35, whatever it is, that's all I know. And that's the reality. You know, um, one of the things that uh, I was thinking about this morning, I, I woke early this morning, but I was thinking about some stuff and I don't, um, I couldn't kind of put together in my head what I wanted to say, if you know what I mean. But there was a few scriptures came into my head and one of them is uh, Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 6. Uh, I'll just find it. Excuse me. I have a marked, it's not well marked. Uh, okay, so Romans chapter 5 or 6. Um, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an, un an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Another version says, while we were enemies of God. That's an incredible thought. You know, I, I, I have friends and I say, yeah, I'd help that person. All right. Some friends I go, yeah, I'd really go to my way for that person. But think of your worst enemy. Think of the one who's, who, who, who just hates you, who'd spit in your face. Because Christ went through this. He, went, he came to earth and the people that spat in his face. And if I was there, I would have been front of that line. I, I take no, I don't put myself up as any sort of glorious thing. I'm certainly not. But I think the amazing thing is, if we go back to, just for a second, go back to the parable of the prodigal son. The incredible thing is we can, we can have a perception, Nikita spoke about it earlier, that we're not good enough. You know, and we know we're not good enough, but I, I don't understand how God could love me. 
I know me. I don't. I don't. I don't love me most of the time. To be honest, I look at myself and go, "Like me, I don't even like me." So how could God like me? He knows me better than I know myself. He knows what I'm going to do next week, and He loves me. And I'm going, oh, "Hang on, that doesn't make sense." But the incredible thing is, if we go back to the prodigal son, uh, should have it marked. Uh, sorry, uh, it says. So he returned and talks about the prodigal son and he's made all these promises. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it up to the father. I'm going to, somehow I'm going, to, I'm going to do all the work on the farm. I'm going to do whatever it is. Or maybe in our head we're going, I'm going to come back to God. I'm going to read my Bible every single day and I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to, somehow I'm going to impress God. And, and the incredible thing. So he's got this plan. And that's, our, that's me, certainly, I don't know about anybody else, that's me a lot of times, I, I, I go, I, if I just did this or if I just did that or if I just somehow made God somehow go, yeah, he's not as bad as I thought he was. But the incredible thing is, it says, but, but you know, sorry. So he, was, so he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and he kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned, so he's going through his plan. I'm going to make it up somehow. And his, but his father said to the servants, he says, Quick, bring the best robe, the finest robe in the house, and put it on him, and get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. So the reality is, God doesn't want you. He's not sitting there hating you. He's not sitting there with some kind of shopping list of, well, when you come back, when you get saved, I'm going to read all these back to you, how bad you are. He's not. He is overjoyed. Just turn, just even if you make that move to say, hang on a second, God is real and I'm just going to turn. As soon as you're turning your head, God is jumping off the throne in heaven to say, he's coming back. She's coming back. That's an incredible thought that the God of heaven would do that, would be that in love with you and would be that in love with me because I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't feel that lovable. But God loves me. I don't know why, but he loves me. And that's an incredible thing. And just one last scripture. This is just to show you how much how much he thinks about you it's psalm 139 and it's a, it talks about how god put us together in our mother's womb and everything and it says in chapter verse 17 it says how precious are your thoughts about me oh god they cannot be numbered i can't even count them they outnumber the grains of sand and i always think whenever i hear grains of sand i always go back to that beach where i was in 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 myrtleville many years ago and i look and it's a small beach but i couldn't count the grains of sand on that and can you imagine, think of every beach you've ever been on in your life. God has those thoughts towards you. And they're not thoughts of, I'm going to condemn you, or I'm going to damn you, or I'm going to send you wherever. It's, I love you, and I want you to come back to me. That's an incredible thought. So keep that in your, in your heart tonight, today. Thank you. Amen. The powerful words of the songs we were singing about the hope we can have and our God and how he's a redeemer and how he makes a way where there is no way. How he comes into those valleys and speaks life. And the dead bones, the dry bones begin to live again. And you heard testimonies, three testimonies, very powerful, very different, very unique uh, about how God came and touched and ministered and brought those three individuals out of darkness with Frank's uh, testimony about how empty he was and how he could not find hope in a bottle. He couldn't find peace in a bottle. And how he was drinking himself into more and more emptiness and how God in his loving kindness came to him and delivered him and restored him and restored his family. And he became a deliverer to him, raised him up, turned his life around, renewed his relationship with his wife, with his son, and, you know, that's how the Lord is. That's his heart, is to come and deliver us from emptiness, to deliver us from things we put our trust in, whether it's a bottle or a person, whether it's a bank account, whatever it is, our own strength, our own name, our family, 
all those things that leave us empty and lifeless, God comes to deliver us and raise us up. And thank God he doesn't leave us empty. Thank God he doesn't leave us empty. He comes to fill us. He comes to restore us. And then in that, restore relationships. I'm so thankful that Frank shared that testimony about how he got restored, first of all, his life and his relationship with God that he had had when he was a child, brought him on, gave him greater understanding, and renewed and restored and delivered him. But he also restored his marriage, and he, and he gave a son back his father. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. And I th- listened to Nikita how God touched her life and began a healing process in her heart. And as she, and I've, I've known this woman. She's not a girl. I know her. And I've watched God do something in her heart and in her life. And I've watched how she's served faithfully in God's house and coming in and, and dealing with fears and insecurities. And I was blessed when I heard uh, how God touched her at the beginning of this lockdown and began to heal her and reach into those deep places where she needed wholeness and where she needed to know that she was loved. And that's what he does. He comes to those who need wholeness, those who are broken, those that don't know that they're loved, that feel empty or rejected, that feel worthless. He comes and he restores our image of ourself. He comes and, and he heals those broken places where no amount of therapy, no amount of medication, no relationship can touch. Only God, through his Holy Spirit, can touch our spirits, our broken spirits, and he can make us whole. What a testimony of wholeness, of how God spoke to her through a book about his redeeming love and how that he continues to pursue her. And I want to tell you right now, if that's your story, where you feel abandoned, you feel without hope, you feel empty, or you feel lifeless or loveless, or you're filled with self-hatred, that's not the heart of God for you. The heart of God is that you would know his love, his redeeming, captivating love, and that God will come in and do a marvelous work of healing and bring wholeness into your heart and free you from fear, from fear and anxiety and give you a courage and give you a wholeness that you can't give yourself. That's the heart of God. And then you heard from Morris. He just, they've all preached the gospel. They've all shared the good news of how God visited him. And I love what Morris said, that God had planned his, his story long before Morris was even uh, aware of it. That God was speaking to him as a child. God has been speaking to some of you listening. There have been drops of mercy in your life. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's through a broadcast or different ways that God speaks, but he's been speaking into your life. And he, as he was pursuing Morris and brought Morris to that time where he would be brought in and brought home like the prodigal, God is pursuing you. God is pursuing your heart. God is moving towards you. And oftentimes we talk about us pursuing God or trying to find God. But folks, I want to tell you, the good news isn't that we are pursuing to find God. The gospel is that God came and pursued us. He shared about the prodigal son and that story about that man that was empty, that son who was empty and lost, and he began his journey home, limping and broken, looking for reasons why he should be loved and received again, only to see his father running, running towards him. 
And folks, that's exactly what God did on the cross. He ran to us. He ran to where we were. He came to us. That's the good news, is that we couldn't get to God, but he came to us. And he revealed himself to us in an open display, in the greatest display of love, in giving his life, laying down his life for us so that we could know the love of God, that we would know that we are loved, that we know that we are cared for, and that there is hope in this life. And that is the message of good news. That is the message of grace, that God comes to you today to share with you. If you are hopeless, there is hope in Jesus. If you are in need of forgiveness, there is forgiveness for you in Jesus. If you need your conscience clean because you are racked with guilt and shame, there is a cleansing when you come and you ask God, please, Lord, forgive me of the things that I've done. Forgive me of my dark past. Forgive me of those things that shame just weighs me down. God, would you please have mercy And God says, yes, yes, I'll give you mercy. Yes, I'll show my compassion. Yes, I'll come to you and I will take away those things, those darknesses, that blackness that has overshadowed your life. And I will change you in a moment. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away and behold, all things become new. That is the promise of the gospel. When you believe that God sent his only begotten son into this world to down a cross in payment for your sin so that you can experience the forgiveness of God, the cleansing, redemptive power of God. Three days later, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the grave in resurrection and he ascended back to heaven where he is now. And he is offering you, he is offering all of us grace, grace and he's coming to you right where you are in your darkness maybe you're drinking maybe you're some of these testimonies today speak to where but wherever you are God knows and he's offering you his hand he's offering you this way He's offering you restoration. He's offering you deliverance. He's offering you wholeness. And he's offering you his love like Mara shared. Today is a day of redemption, the Bible says. Today, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. But right now, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, the voice of God is speaking to you. The voice of God is speaking to you. Stop running. Stop going in the wrong direction. Let the Holy Spirit, let God move in your life. I'll never forget, I was sharing the gospel, I was sharing the good news with a a guy I was working with. He was a a, a drug dealer, and he had actually killed someone and spent time in prison for it. And uh, the Holy Spirit was doing a fantastic work. I was sharing the gospel with him at work. And he came in one night, and he was just so, so broken. And he came to me, and, we, and, and it was in a factory. And he came to me, and he said, Ham, tell me what I need to do. He said, my life is falling apart. My wife is leaving me. I'm empty. And I said to him, Michael, go home. Take your wife by the hand. Get on your knees at your bed or in your living room and cry out to God right where you are. And thank God he did. And God came in and powerfully changed him and his wife and and delivered him, did a miraculous work in his life. But that can be your testimony today, wherever you are in your life. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. There is mercy and there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. If you call upon him, he will cleanse you and he'll wash you. I'm going to pray. And if that's you, I want you to pray with me. But don't just speak the words I'm saying. Call out to God on your own. And all you have to do is say, 
Oh God, oh God, I come. I come to you. I'm in need of a savior. I'm in need of a deliverer like Frank. I'm in need of someone to restore my life. It's broken. It's shattered in a thousand pieces. There's no remedy. There's no hope. But Lord, I come to you because I've heard a message. I heard a man share that you can deliver. You still have power to deliver. Would you deliver me? Would you restore my family? Would you restore my life? Restore what the drink has taken. Restore what pornography has taken. Restore what sin has taken from me. Oh, God, would you have mercy on me? Bring me into your family. Make me whole. Lord, I'm here and I'm like Nikita. I, I, I need that healing of my heart. My life is filled, so filled with anxiety. I feel like I don't have purpose. I don't have meaning. God, would you come and would you touch me? Would you make me whole today? Would you heal my heart? And Lord, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm like Morris. I've, I, I've seen your hand. I, you've, you've spoken to me time and time and time again. Even as a child, I, I heard your word, or I've had friends that have spoken to me and family members, but, and, and, and this constant theme is that you are pursuing me. You are after me. Lord, I just stop running right now. I'm just going to stop running right now, and I'm just going to lift my hands, and I'm going to surrender. It's time to stop running. It's time to stop and lift your hands and ask him to come into your life. Surrender your life. Give it to him today. Watch what he will do. Watch the miraculous power of God visit your home. Watch him touch your mind and your heart and do those, those things that only he can do. Hallelujah. Call on him right now. Call on him right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I just ask you now, as this testimonies have gone out, as this word has gone out, Lord, as you are drawing men and women and teenagers, as you are drawing people to yourself. Lord, I pray, Father, that they would sense the Holy Spirit. They would sense your life. They would sense your love. They would sense your nearness to them. And, Father, that they would find you now. They would find you in this place of calling. And you would visit them mightily, O oh God, with deliverance, with, for, with restoration, with wholeness, with love. God, touch now, deliver now, free now, in Jesus' name, amen. If God has touched your life, if God is ministering life to you right now, let us know. Reach out to us, message us, get in touch with the church or get in touch with a Christian that you know. You need to come into a, a faith family. You need to be part of a community. You need to come in and grow. You need to know that you belong in God's house. God has a place for you. God has a house for you to be a part of. Whether it's here or wherever you are in the world, God has chosen you. He's called you, and now he wants you to know him in fellowship. He wants you to, he wants you to find out what is... His will is for your life. So contact us. Reach out to us. Let us know what God has done in your life. Give us your testimony. Give us your story today. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.